This week's episode is brought to you by D23 Magazine. Be sure to check out the latest issue covering the 1964-65 New York World's Fair, the Muppets, and so much more. Visit D23.com for more details. Welcome to Season 3! Hello and welcome to CommuniCore Weekly, the greatest online show and home of the world's first pair of independently born identical twins. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And I don't want to I don't want to say anything, but where do you think they got that idea of doing a, a World's Fair issue from? I'm pretty sure it's oh, from us. Of course, it, did, it didn't show up until we did. Of course. I mean, you know, we start talking about it. I mean, it makes perfect sense. It does. It does. But what makes even more perfect sense is the fact that um, there's photos floating around the internet now of us with Kristen Bell. Yes. Yes. Yes, there are. That Hopefully, was a fun time. Yeah, it was. It was a, I mean, the bow tie was a little awkward at first. Well, I mean, but, you got to look dapper when you're hanging oh, out with true. her. That's true. That's true. And so, the girl can sing. Mm, yes, she can. And she, she can act. Yeah. And yeah. she's gorgeous. Can she dance? Yes. Okay, can she bake cookies? I'm sure she can bake cookies. She also cries with about sloths. Because I saw her once on the Ellen Show when she was crying when there was a sloth at her house because she thought it was so adorable. Okay. No? That's... Not a fun fact that you cared no, to know? No, that's okay. That's okay. I'm just thinking uh, Kristen Bell Weekly. We could change the show tune if you it. want. We could do it. I'm okay so. with that. We should probably finish this episode first, but then the next one we'll we'll change the tune. Okay, I'll, I'll call I'll call the uh, Communicore Weekly Orchestra and get them working. Well, I guess we got to call them the Kristen Bell Weekly Orchestra. It's time for Disney history. When you're at the Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland, once you get to the inside portion of the queue, chances are you've probably noticed the drawings of the pirates along the walls. Now, sure, they look pretty awesome, but if you know your pirate history, you know that most of them actually are real pirates. Most. Not all of them. There's two that are not real pirates, except in the movies. Um, but the rest are all real. So today, we're actually going to do a little different history in a way. We'll do an actual history segment, but it's still related to Disney history, so we know a little bit more piratey history. But uh, be warned, though, it's it's going to get kind of bloody in here. What? Well, you I mean, didn't not tell like, me about... Not literally, George. Oh, 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 okay. F okay. Figuratively. Figuratively. Okay, good. Vocally, because we're going to say it. Well, that's okay. We have the blood sound effects. Anyway, the first drawing on the right-hand side, just as you enter the queue, is actually two women hanging out together. Now, you, you may think that there were no female pirates, but you'd be wrong. These are uh, these two are the only two women to be convicted of piracy in the Caribbean. Uh, the first one is Anne Bonny, who lived from March 8, 1700 to about April 25, 1782. Anne started her life of crime when she was 13 by stabbing a servant girl. Uh, after that, she married small-time pirate James Bonney, but shortly moved to the Bahamas after that to have an affair with another pirate named John Calico Jack Rackham. 
James wanted her flogged for adultery, but she and Calico Jack escaped to become successful pirates. She later made friends with Mary Reed, and they continued on their pirate lifestyle until they were captured in October 1720. Uh, Anne left jail under unknown circumstances and died at the age of 82 in 1782. And my question is, what's a small-time pirate? I don't know what a small-time pirate is. Hmm. But uh, hmm. speaking of Mary Reed, that, that's the other woman in the drawing that George was talking about. Now, we don't know when she was born, but uh, she died in 1721. Now, when Mary was young, her mother began to dress her as a boy after the death of her brother in order to continue reading, uh, receiving financial support from the grandmother, which is a little weird. Hmm. Um, so Mary continued to dress as a man uh, well after the fact she moved out of, out of the house and when she got her first job on a ship. And it was there that she fell in love with with a, um, a Flemish soldier and married him. And she dressed as a woman for the first time. However, shortly after they got married, he actually passed away and she went back to the sea in men's clothing. Um, and then one time she was out on the sea and her ship was taken over by the pirate uh, Calico Jack and Anne Bonny. And she decided to join their crew. So the trio terrorized the Caribbean until they were captured in 1720 and they were sent to prison. And unfortunately, Mary died in that prison mm. in 1721. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean sounds, sounds so much better than Terrorists of the Caribbean. Yes, much, much better. Totally different. Well, okay, moving on. Sir Francis Verney lived from 18, uh, 1584 until 1615, and he was the product of a famous and powerful British family. Always pictured as the perfect country gentleman by his neighbors, they were shocked when he got into an inheritance dispute with his family and decided to make some drastic changes. He left his wife and estate and turned Turk. He moved to Morocco and converted to Islam. He plied the Barbary coast with great success and uh, was captured and died penniless in Sicily after two years. Now, a pirate that most of you will recognize along the wall right after that is none other than Captain Jack Sparrow. And I think you guys have a pretty good idea of his history, so we'll skip him and we'll move on to Sir Henry Mainwaring. And he lived from 1587 to 1653. Now, much like Verney, Mainwaring was born of the upper class, and his family were contemporaries of William the Conqueror, and his grandfather was the Vice Admiral of Sussex. Now, he graduated from Oxford University at the age of 15 with a law degree, so he was a pretty, pretty educated mm. pirate. Now, his sailing career actually began with a commission to hunt down another famous pirate, but he had kind of bigger fish to fry, apparently, and he attacked any Spanish fleet that he came upon. And he was so good at beating these Spanish fleets that the Spanish government, they actually decided to hire him and his fleet in exchange for a full pardon. Now, Britain also granted him a full pardon, and he went on to write a discourse on pirates in 1618. And he was actually knighted in uh, 1618 and became a vice admiral. Now, obviously, he was not your typical pirate, but man, he really got the job done for those guys. <laughs> So next along the wall is Captain Hector Barbosa. But much like Captain Jack Sparrow, uh, you guys have a pretty good, good idea of who uh, he was as well. So we will move along to Charles Gibbs, who lived from November 5th, 1798 to April 22nd, 1831. Charles Gibbs' real name was James D. Jeffers, who was born in Newport, Rhode Island. He, he would be one of the last active pirates in the Caribbean and one of the last executed. He claimed to have uh, slaughtered as many as 400 victims, and his legend continued to go after his death. Born to a sea captain, Gibbs started his career in the United States Navy, and his claim to flame fame was his brutality towards prisoners, including chopping off their arms and legs or burning entire crews alive. 
Uh, he was captured in Long Island and executed on Ellis Island in 1831. Now, the last pirate there is Edward Ned Lowe, who lived from 1690 to 1724. Now, ever since Ned was a young boy, he was always in trouble. He was actually a pickpocket and a burglar at such a young age. And after his wife died in childbirth, Ned set out to become a, a pirate out on sea. Now, he, he was very successful, and he captured at least 100 ships in his brief three-year career. That's a lot of ships in just wow. three years. It's good batting average. Yeah, really. I want him on my team when we're playing Pirates. <laughs> um, but he also had a very nasty reputation and was known to torture his victims before killing them, uh, including burning a French cook alive, and he, he actually slaughtered 53 Spanish captives. Um, so... Intimidation was kind of like his calling card. He was inevitably hanged in Martinique in 1724. Um, now, looking back at all these pirates, they're clearly <laughs> not very Disney-friendly. Um, but I guess they they wanted to add more historical aspects to the ride and kind of pay homage to some real pirates uh, as crazy as their careers may have been in real life. That's true. And, you know, one thing you never hear about is, like, Pirates of Disney podcasts. Yes. We you should know, probably try to invade a Disney, another Disney podcast sometime. Just come on, come on board and take over. That might be fun. Yeah. Raise the Communicore Weekly flag. And we do some swashbuckling or something? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to do that, but, I mean, oh, we can try. Okay. Okay. I just don't want to pull any muscles. Because, so you know, should should we have other podcasts call us on the goat line if they want to take, over, take them yeah, over? I think, I think that's a great idea. They should. Okay. Awesome. He's a nerd, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his beat. It's George's Book of the Week. So this week, we're looking at the unofficial Walt Disney World Earbook 2013 by Kevin Yee. Uh, Kevin's a fellow columnist at Mice Chat, and you know, he actually started Mice Age with Al Lutz back in the day. And uh, he's one of the most prolific Disney authors with over 15 titles to his name. We reviewed the 2012 airbook last year, and you know he's been publishing them since 2010, and we both loved it. Um, in a nutshell, the yearbook series is a look at the entire calendar year of Walt Disney World. Uh, Kevin spends nearly every weekend at the parks and documents them like crazy. Uh, the format has changed over the years in order to make it more economical to print and purchase, uh, but the yearbook series is still an amazing look at what happened over the past year. Uh, as expected, it's a month-by-month -month look at the parks. Kevin documents the openings, closings, and changes. Uh, sometimes it's as simple as a kiosk opening or, you know, a stage show closing. Uh, Kevin details each week of the limited time magic, too, which I thought I was really, so really sorry. neat. Oh, did it bust out? No, no, no. I mean, I, I'm just so sorry that he had to pay attention oh, to all the, the that, limited okay. time magic stuff. I thought maybe the mic had stopped and you're like, yay, this nope. section's over. We don't want to shortchange Kevin, so... Um, so yeah, he does. He does look at the whole thing about limited magic, and so at least there's a historical record of it. Uh, the book is really short on text, which isn't a problem. Uh, and each page has many, many photos, and some of them have as many as ten pictures per page. Sometimes they're kind of small, but it, it really suits the feel of the book and, and the intent behind it. Uh, there's a there's a, a he repeats a section from earlier called "We Remember," and and it's a look at something that may have closed or closed a few years ago and was replaced by something new. You know, it's, it's really a great way, way for Kevin to use his incredible backlog of photos and uh, his innate knowledge of the Walt Disney World parks. You know, Kevin even covers the closing of Cap'n Jack's and reproduces the closing menu. 
you know, and honestly, I'm not sure where else we'll find this information in the you know, next 15 to 20 years. Uh, the last few sections are snapshots of the parks and resorts. Kevin shares the ticket prices and the room rates. He even picks out one day, Saturday, June 15th, and gives the operating hours of each park, each attraction there when they were open, uh, each restaurant as well. And there are finally uh, six pages dedicated to the Food and Wine Festival with each food option available at each booth and the price. And of course, you know, I'm a librarian and Kevin included an index so you can quickly find an attraction or an event. And I know, Jeff, you had a copy of the book as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, I mean, you were just saying, you know, he's including stuff that like, again, in 15, 20 years, I'm sure for some reason you and I will have a question about something and there'll be nowhere else for us to look. And then we'll go, oh, we can look in, in the yearbook to find it. So to me, these are really cool little uh, yearbooks, essentially, of, of the park every year and a nice little snapshot of them because, you know, I guarantee you we'll be using this information somewhere in the future. And I'm really glad that Kevin is uh, cataloging all this stuff for nerds like us to find later on. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's a tough job. I mean, every weekend in the parks. Oh, I know how you feel, Kevin. I know just <laughs> oh, how you right. feel. Oh, that's right. I forgot you're, yeah, you're, you're all in Disneyland, so. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, it's, I, you know, we both loved it. We both recommend it. It's something that, you know, it's going to sit on our shelves for years. So if you can pick up a copy, do grab it. I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. It's called the unofficial Walt Disney World Earbook 2013 by Kevin Yee. Sometimes it's a one. Sometimes it's a two. When you gotta go, what you're gonna do. It's a bathroom break. A bathroom break. So uh, for this week, we were going to talk about a new set of restrooms. Well, new for me. They've been around for a while. And these are the new restrooms by the American Adventure in Epcot. And I was very excited to uh, try them out for the first time. And it was pretty cool because they had the Dyson Airblades in them. Is that why you were so excited about them? It was so excited. It was something totally Have you ever used them before? Yeah. The Dyson Airblades? Yeah. But it was fun to use it at Disney Park. Okay. Fair enough. You know, so anyway... um, I had to pull out my 2013 earbook by Kevin Yee, and Kevin states that the patriotic potties, the newest magical bathrooms, provided some needed relief to the World Showcase area on September 18th. A newly constructed building next to the American Adventure yielded dozens of new bathroom stalls. Um, And he has a few photos uh, on the inside of it, so clearly we're not the only people that take pictures yeah, oh, we're not the only weird ones, guys. Said. So, yeah, the inside is gorgeous. Very well done. I have to admit, I'm not excited about the outside of the building. It's a low, uh, flat, low-slung building with a few columns in the front of it, and that's supposed to make, in some pediments, supposed to make it look colonial, but it looks like something they threw up real quick and did not put a lot of eye to detail. But still, it's new bathrooms at Disney, and they're awesome and beautiful on the inside, and I think you should use them. Why I would hope people would use them. That's why they put them there. Use the bathrooms, not outside the bathrooms. Yeah, that'd be kind of weird. Gross. Yeah. I don't think weird's the term. I think gross is the term. Yeah, good point. Good point. So two communicable weekly thumbs up for these bathrooms. I don't know. I haven't been there yet, so I can't determine for you. (laughs) You have to tell me what you think. Two of my thumbs up. Yes. I think two of your thumbs up. Yes. My my thumbs are undetermined for now. (laughs) I will I will check them out and I will report back as soon as I can. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. 
When you're visiting Carsland in a California adventure, be sure to peek into the back, the back office of the Cozy Cone Motel. Now, you'll see that nearly every corner of this shop is filled with traffic cones because it is the Cozy Cone Motel. I mean, it would only make sense. <laughs> but on the lower shelf of the desk itself in the back, you'll see that one of the cones pays tribute to Toy Story 2. Uh, Buzz Lightyear is inside the cone, holding it up, much like the scene at the end of Toy Story 2 when he uses the traffic cones to cross the street to help save Woody from uh, Al's toy barn, which I thought is a cool little nod to a Pixar movie inside yes. another Pixar movie inside but, another... In, in, pic, in Piction? I don't know. In Pixar yeah. reception? Oh, that's good. In Piction, that's good. In Piction? Okay, let's go. Although that it sounds, sounds like, like a board game. It sounds like a game we play, yeah, yeah. Yeah where it just wouldn't work out too well. We'll have to make up a game like that then, using that name, because I do like Inpiction. Inpiction? It could just be pictures of us with Kristen Bell. and. Oh, okay. You know, I You'll think find I'm no argument for me, sir. <laughs> That's, That's ridiculous. Right. That's right. We've got to get the scientists working on the new Kristen Bell Weekly. Okay. I'm We've on that. we got to get them working on it. Next so. week, kids. Wow. Stay Next tuned. Week. Time travel. Stay tuned. It's new happening. and exciting stuff. So... Okay, well, guys, thank you so much for watching and listening to us again. We really do appreciate it. Well, of course we do. Be sure to leave us a comment and rate us on iTunes. Let us know about our new show, Kristen Bell Weekend, <laughs> because it's going to be great, guys. It's going to be great. It's just us swooning over her. Uh, so you can still, this week, you can email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com. Next week, we're not sure what the address is going to be. It may change after next week. It may change. We'll have to see what Gmail has available. Yep. But you can still like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Communicore Weekly. There, luckily, we can just change the name of the page, so you can just like it wow, now, and you'll that's still true. like it. We could, yeah, that's a good idea. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Imagineerding. He's at Jeff Heimbuck, and she's at I'm Kristen Bell. That's right, she is at I'm Kristen Bell. <laughs> I love it with just one extended advertisement for her life in general. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, when you do the, the, the goat line, they should mention how much they love Kristen Bell on the They should. Line. You can call the Communicore Weekly goat line. We're going to call it the Kristen line soon. Uh, Ooh, you can yeah. call it at 424-785-4628. Yeah, we and can't call it the bell line because that might, might get sued by a company. Yeah, we don't want to get sued. We don't have money for yeah. that, guys. Yeah. And, and don't forget that the Communicore Weekly, the musical, I'm just is thinking still... that we're going to do a musical with her. Well, <laughs> we could. We could. So so people should buy Communicore Weekly, the musical, now. So we can afford to pay her? Yes, yes. So we can afford to... Oh, we have to pay her? I thought she'd do it because she loved us. Oh. Well, that's the much better of the two options if we had to pick one, but we should be prepared just in case. Okay. Well, anyway, so, so go to Amazon, CD Baby, iTunes, download a copy of the musical. I'm serious. You're going to love it. It's like an extended version of the show with a lot more music and a lot more laughs. Because we Something all know like there's never any laughs on the show as it is. So No, no, no. Well, whatever your expectations are, you can put them a little higher. <laughs> Just slightly. So, okay. Well, uh, for Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for watching and listening, guys. We really appreciate it. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. Sauce.